Welcome to the All About You podcast. My name is Sheila and I am your host. In this podcast, I invite everyday people to tell their stories of their travels, passions and what makes them happy. So if you have a story to tell, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story. So now for today's conversation. Welcome to another conversation on the All About You podcast. And I'm delighted today to have my guest Tom, who is a guitarist and a saxophone player. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thank you, Sheila. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, let's go right back to the beginning. So, when you were growing up, who were your music idols? I suppose um, the person who I most admired was when I was... I started off on the guitar when I was 11. And then I got... as if I was playing Spanish classical music, I think. And then I met a a school friend who played stuff like the animals, House of the Rising Sun. Then I got into the Beatles. Then I got into a schoolboy rock band and we did cover versions of the Stones, etc., etc. I must have been out 16 or 17. And my real hero was Jimi Hendrix, actually. Wow. So at such a young age, you're, you're doing all this rock stuff. I mean, that yeah, must have been we were, brilliant. we were pretty bad. We were pretty bad. <laughs> we played in a few pubs. We used to rehearse in a youth club. Really? Yeah, our first gig, the first time I ever played live in front of people, uh, the audience showed their disgust by throwing chairs at each other. And <laughs> so they weren't very appreciative, you know. So that's when I realised that playing live is a whole different ball game. You know, it's very different from rehearsing. Playing live is, is the acid test of playing music, really. I mean, I guess it's one of those things. You can do all the theory, all the practice, but when you actually get out there in front of yeah. people, the yeah, general yeah. public and audience, that's when you really start You have learning. to do it a lot to get used to it. It's very yeah. easy to let nerves get the better of you. And uh, you may not know a song very well if you're learning, if you're playing from by heart. If you don't know it that well, then you're not going to do it that well live. You yeah. know, so. Sounds like a good ground to cut your teeth as a musician. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, I, I played live with, at parties or with friends, just a sing-song, you know, having a sing-song with friends. That's the nice thing about it. So, Tom, what about your music classes at school? Did you like the classes? Were you encouraged by your music teacher? Uh, I started off with a piano a long, long... When I first started music, it was a, with a piano teacher. I had a private... A very good uh, Polish lady. And we had a, a book for teach piano to kids. And it, that was good. Then it got a bit more serious and I did a few... I did some um, exams. And that's when it got a more academic and um, a bit dry. And I think I went off it then. I, I got to grade three... I don't think I even passed the exam and uh, I lost interest because of the, the dryness of it. And I, in school, music was taught in a very boring mathematical way. So I never liked uh, the way music was taught you know, when I was at school. I so, must admit, my own experience of my music teacher in secondary school, Mr Rudlin, and I remember that now, he was a great guy, he was absolutely amazing, he had wild hair... Yeah. And at our school, we did Joseph's Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. my God. And he just got everybody together. It doesn't matter whether you could sing or not. You're all going to be in the production. And he was fantastic. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, not always a good experience with music no, I think classes at music, school. Music uh, can be very badly taught. Uh, it ha- the teacher has to, it's all about the pedagogy. The teacher has to use his or her imagination to get it across, particularly to kids, otherwise it's very dry, you know. Yeah. 
I think so. that with a lot of subjects as well. I mean, I think yeah. with art, you know, we, we're often in our art classes, oh, you know, we are told you can't draw, you're not very good at using your hands at yeah. modelling yeah. clay and all this sort of thing. So often maybe something that you're quite interested in but maybe haven't got the skills is killed stone cold dead at school. Yeah, yes, by lack of motivation. Yeah, and the way it's often taught. Yeah, so yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. You're written off at an early age often, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's such a shame. Okay, so let's move on then. So mm. when did the saxophone start? That to... started a bit later. I must have been in my 20s. I always, I'd, I'd always wanted to play another instrument because I, I, I played... I gave up really the piano. I haven't touched piano for decades. I think guitar was really what really put me into music and, uh, you know, I love playing guitar with people. And the sax, I've, I've always liked the sax. And I had a friend who uh, I met when I was in my, my 20s and he loved uh, jazz. He loved Charlie Parker. And we used to go to the pub, and then we'd come home and listen to jazz records. I got into jazz through that, and then he, had, he used to play the alto sax. And through him, he helped. I, I bought a second-hand sax, and I started learning. And little by little, I got into it. But it's, oh. it's one of those things that, you know, you have to keep plugging away. And I think I let it... I, I'd have uh, times when I played a lot, and then times when I didn't. And you can't do that with a MIDI instrument. It's like any learning. You have to be steady. And I think it's that practice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All the daily practice, the scales yeah. if you're doing a piano and the practicing the chords yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, um, what you, what's very important is to be able to play with other people. That's where it become, makes more sense then. Learning by yourself is very hard unless you have a goal. You know, the goal is to play with other people in a big band. Like playing, I play in two big bands. That means that I have to practice. I have to rehearse because otherwise I'm not going to be able to play the songs. You know, so it's a carrot and stick thing. Yeah. You know? So because the saxophone to me doesn't look the easiest instrument to learn. No. Well, um, every instrument has its difficulties and its, its easy things. The saxophone, it's it's a, an instrument which involves your fingers, both of your uh, both of your hands. It involves your wind. You know, your your breath. The breathing. And it involves your mouth and your lips. So it's very complete. Like guitar is just two things. It's yeah. The guitar is your two hands, basically. The sax is the two hands plus the breathing plus the mouth. So it has that. And getting a good sound, getting a good, nice, rounded sound is a huge challenge. I'm still working on it, you know. So a lot of sax, you have to do long notes. Yeah, it sounds so to like hold the note. You have to hold a note and play piano and then crescendo and uh, forte, etc. So it's so a challenge, but um, it's very rewarding because it's you. It's you. It's your breath. Basically, so every time, even if you're just playing scales, it's a kind of breathing exercise. It's something almost meditational in it. Yeah, interesting. So, when was your first band playing as a saxophonist? How how did that happen? Right, well, when I came to Spain, it's really when I came to Spain all those years ago, I got into it. We put together a little soiree, and I had to play a few tunes on the saxophone in front of friends, basically. It's a kind of summer party. Also, at the same time, I started. I joined a band in Valencia, which really is a great thing to do because that's a good way to meet people. It was a band in, in a barrio called San Marcelino, and I went along to rehearsals. I was the only foreigner there, and we must have done a few pas- what they call pasacalles. You walk down the street playing. You know, I had to practice that in my flat, <laughs> so you don't trip, trip over. You have a little music a music stand or a little one yeah, of music, music thing on your on your saxophones yeah. and you can read the music read as you read the music as you walk a lot of people just memorise it it's Paso yeah. Dobles which are lovely so uh, I might uh, I don't know if that was before or after but we played concerts with a band yeah so that must have been the first time I played live yeah. with a band with a big with a banda 
you're okay because you're kind of camouflaged by all other musicians. So right, you, yeah, you've got other people you around. Can, you can you. always do playback if you don't know something. You just don't play, you know. So yeah. I think that's one of the things here in Valencia, isn't it? Every occasion, whether it's a communion, a wedding, a fiesta, every village has a band. Yeah. And particularly when we have the fire celebrations here, yeah. every single band in Valencia yeah, is yeah, trooping is. up and down the street morning, noon and I night. I mean, Valencia is famous for exporting musicians. They, they're, they're, oh, really? We, yeah, there are lots of musicians all over the world from Valencia, particularly um, wind instruments, you know, saxophone, clarinet, oboe. Really? Because there are so many people who, who join bands and they become, some of them, a small percentage, become very, very serious uh, professional musicians. Valencia is renowned for the, for the music, yeah, the musicians, yeah. Absolutely. So you said you're in two big bands. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, I started off in a, in a, in a big band in Benny Maclet in Valencia, and that was, that was very low-key, you know, right. you didn't have to have any... There was no audition, basically, you could just turn up. So as long as you've got an instrument, as you long know as you've got how an to use yeah, it. As long as you, as a, they just need warm bodies, basically. So... <laughs> <laughs> so so I started off playing with them, and I already had a, a grounding in, in saxophone, and uh, that must have been about five or six years ago. And then I got a bit more ambitious, and a friend said, well, why don't you come along and play with this big band? So I came along, and they invited and accepted me. Then another person said, why don't you play with the other big band? So little by little, you get, you get to know each other. You get really? to know, you, you spread your circle of acquaintances musically, you know. Because I so. can imagine, as you say, once somebody sees that you know your stuff, you know what you're doing, yeah. you're going to be in demand. It's also a fact, if, you, if you're reliable and you turn up to rehearsals on time uh, and you know the songs, then you know, people think, oh, that's good. I mean, you could be a brilliant musician, but if you don't turn up for rehearsals or you're flaky, then you get a bad reputation yeah. straight away. So yeah. you know, it's being steady. You know, you may, I'm, I'm not a great musician, but at least I turn up for rehearsals everyone I can. Yeah. I, I mean, it is a commitment, isn't it, being part of It is, of it band. is, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to, the end pro, the end result is a concert. So you have to go to rehearsals. You have to, you know, you have to co commit to a yeah. certain date. By this, on this date, we're going to play live, you know. So, yeah. so I had a concert last, last weekend, I had two concerts. When you're part of a, a, a big band like that, I mean, do you have a weekly rehearsal? Yeah, weekly, weekly. Yes. And I guess you have more rehearsals when you've got a concert or. No, I think it's just weekly because a lot of people, it's very difficult to get 20 people together. Right. Some, some are professionals, some are semi pros. And often, uh, at the last minute, a, a gig turns up and someone can't come along, you have to get somebody else quickly. So it's very difficult to get people, you know, particularly people, and, and people who have their jobs are working yeah. people, you know, they're not lucky like me, they're not retired. So they, you know, they have to come from work so it's, it's difficult to get people to to commit you know to a yeah. certain day a certain time and and do you get nervous before a concert i have done yes if i'm playing a solo with the first big big band i played with uh i didn't get too nervous because the level wasn't that wasn't that high so i thought well it doesn't matter but with this the two big bands i'm playing now there are there are professional musicians there so you're playing a solo i think my god this guy's he's there are a couple of professionals there who, who they can play really good solos. So yeah, the pressure is on then? A bit more pressure, but I mean, to a certain extent, because I mean, if, if you fluff a few things, it doesn't matter. It's not the end of, not the, end of the world, you know. So it's yeah. just your own self-esteem and, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't look good for the band if you, if you fluff something. I often look at it from the audience's point of view. Jazz is complex music, you know. I think what people most notice in a solo is if there's something, the rhythm is wrong. If someone kind of goes a bit out of kilter, rhythm-wise, okay, the notes are important as well. If something is blatantly wrong, 
then obviously people know. But a lot of people don't notice when, when you fluff something because they don't know anything about music itself. They know if it sounds more or less okay. That's one of the things about music, it's so abstract, particularly jazz, you know. Yeah. There are a lot of really good musicians who cannot read music. Most do, though. Most do, because it's like language. If you know, if you can read music, then you can communicate instantly mm. with somebody else. Someone will say, look, this is, I've got this song, here's the music. You can play it straight away. If you can't read music, you're going to have to get him to play or her to play the song or listen to the recording. I mean, that's good as well. It's good to have a very good musical memory. It's better, it's good to have both. A really good ear, good memory for music, to memorise tunes and lines and chord sequences, but also to read music. You have to, really. Yeah. If you get anywhere at all. So let's talk about saxophones now. So there yeah. are several different types of saxophones. So if right. we imagine an orchestra or a band, yeah. there's going to be different sizes. Can you just talk us through some of the different Well, there are four now. There used to be more. When the sax was invented in the 19th century by Adolphe de Sax, he was a Belgian, that's why it's called saxophone, it's his surname. I think he created quite a few models, different, different sizes to suit, because he knows it's for military marching bands, you know. It's more powerful than the clarinet. The mouthpiece is it's called a woodwind because the mouthpiece is wooden. You use a wooden reed and the mouthpiece, well it's plastic actually, but it's counted as a woodwind, so it's in the same family as the clarinets and the oboes, even though the body is metallic. Uh, but nowadays, there are really just four, four types. The, the one I play in a big band is the one which has the lowest notes. You know, it's the, lo the bigger the tube, the lower the notes, basically. The, the more, the deeper the, 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 vi the deeper sound the can sound. vibrate. Yeah, that's a sort of law of physics. And the smaller it is, the higher it can go, basically. So I found a baritone, which is the, the biggest one, the lowest one. Then you have the tenor sax, then you have the alto. Then you have the soprano. Soprano's not used that much. That's the highest one. Kenny G plays a soprano, you know. Right, yeah. It's got a very, very, very lilting, very mm -hmm. feminine sound. It's very hard to play, but to play in tune. But really, if, uh, in a big band, you'll only have, let me just think, you'll have two altos, two tenors, and one baritone. That's, that's the normal lineup. Glenn Miller had, he used clarinets as well. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, he wanted a different sound. Because he, he, he was around in the big day, the heyday of the big yeah, bands. Yeah, absolutely. And he wanted to stand out. So he, he hit upon a different idea of having clarinets. And with saxophone, one clarinet I think he had, and they always played very high up in the, yeah. in the range, give him and lots of vibrato to stand out a bit. But most big bands are five saxes, baritone, two tenors, and two uh, two altos. So when did you get your very first saxophone? Did you acquire it? Did someone lend it? No, to I bought you? it. I bought a second hand. You one. actually bought your bought first one, one, but it was second hand. Yeah, it was an East German one. It wasn't a great one, but it's you know just, you have to start somewhere. Nowadays you can get. Not a bad saxophone for 200 euros on, on a website. On really? Tab, yeah, 250 I've seen. You can get, not bad, mm. well they're made in China, but they're, 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 they're passable. The okay. standard's got, might, but in the old days you could get something really ropey. But nowadays the, um, the manufacturing process has been standardised and, and improved. But you, can, you, know, you can get a cheap sax, a student sax for 250 and they're not bad. Well, I'm know. surprised at that. I thought, you yeah. know, we'd be talking at least double that amount. Well, I mean, it's, it won't be a great instrument, but you can get a, an okay sound out of it, you know, and then if you want to move up and get a, a mid-range one, I mean, you can, you can pay up to £10,000 for a, a really good alto sax, 10000 for a, a baritone, 15000 20000 right. you know. So when you're starting out, you can yeah. get one at a reasonable cost. You can get a reasonable cost. As you commit and get yeah. better over the years, then it's worth spending more. It's worth spending money. more, yeah, because the, the, the sound is better, the quality of the metal is better, the quality, because saxophone is a very complicated mechanism got lots of keys, lots of pads, lots of rods. So it's easy for something to go wrong. <laughs> I actually know a little bit about this because my yeah. husband was given 
an old saxophone. Oh, right. And he took it apart. Just to see if it could work. Well, yeah, it's a bit like, let's take a motorbike apart and then yeah. we'll see if we can put it back together again. As you say, there was little bits and pieces and oh, nuts God. and bolts and rods and keys Springs, all in, over the table. But he did actually get it, it back, back together. He did get wow, it back together amazing, again. Yeah. And he's actually sprayed it in black. That was a right. bit of a process. Right. And he's got it proudly hanging on the wall in his okay. office. So, yeah. I have to say he did a brilliant job. Yeah. But as you say, when you see all these little bits and pieces all over yeah. the dining room table, you know, don't touch anything. I know what this pile is and where this goes and all the rest of also, it. Also, it has to be adjusted as well. He might have put it back. Has he played on it? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Because yeah, he may find it needs to be adjusted. Right. It's the opening that the actual keys, they have to be graded. If right. it opens too much, then, it, then it's... Right. I don't If it's closed, then it'll affect the, the yeah. uh, tune. The I tuning. think this is actually just to go on the wall as, okay. as it's, sort it's of decoration, uh, decoration yeah. rather than he's got another one that he actually plays. Right. But, yeah. So what about rehearsing? I mean, you're part of two big bands. Yeah. Do you have a rehearsal studio? Yeah, yeah we rehearse. You do? Yeah, yeah, we rehearse in the, in the Godea one, we rehearse in the music school. And in the one in Quarte Poblet, we practice where the, the other band practices. Okay. So we have, we have places to play. And what's the average age of people in your big band? That's a good thing. It's a mixture of ages. I mean, uh, the big band I played in on the one the Quarte Poblet, which is a village just outside Valencia. The guy next to me, Danny, must be about 20. And there's another young guy in his 20s. Then there's me. I'm the old, I'm the old fogey. A couple of guys, middle-aged guys. So it's a mixture, mixture of yeah. ages. Unfortunately, there aren't many women, there aren't many girls. In the big band in Godea, there's one woman. In the one in Quadripol, there are no girls, which is a shame. I don't know why that is. I'd like, I'd be nice. To, I, I like, I prefer to have mixed, mixed groups because I think yeah. all male is just, you know. I mean, I guess traditionally, I mean, there were most sort of big orchestras and big bands were yeah. male, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were, really? they were, yeah. They were, it's very uncommon for women to play in big bands. Yeah. But I'm sure I remember back in the day there was a woman and it was an all female big band. There have like, been, but there are really very few. Yes. Very few, yeah. I have it was to say, exceptional. And they were kind of novelty. Novelty yeah, item, you know. Absolutely. Well, it should be. I, I think nowadays more and more there are women saxophonists and really good ones, obviously. But it doesn't seem to have filtered through much to mm. jazz, you know, in, in yeah. Valencia yet, you know. I mean, it's nice to hear that younger people are getting into the big band sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool to hear. You said you had a couple of concerts last weekend. Yeah, yeah. What is the process? You've done your rehearsals. You've obviously got some kind of uniform. You all wear yeah. certain jackets. Or yeah, something. Well, I mean, for the, uh, the the one thing quite public, we got a t-shirt. It's called Luke, which is uh, La Union de Quart, something like that. It's got quite a nice logo on it. So it's black. Black is a rather common sort of yeah, yeah. colour. So black shoes, nice black shoes, black trousers, smart dress trousers, black uh, t-shirt, and then a black jacket if you're cold. And the other one was the same, but, but this time with a black shirt. Oh, right. Okay, so, so you've black. got your sort of uniform. Everyone's black. To, to with the first it. one I played in, with the other one, being a, a bit more, in a they were a bit more imaginative. You could wear, you wore, everyone wore black, where you could wear a colour, colourful tie. Oh, right. Okay. A bit of and a bit of personality. Exactly, yeah. So that's nice as well. But, uh, so what's the future then? You're in your big bands, you've mm. got your rehearsals. Is there anything on your radar you want to yeah, do? Yeah, we started rehearsing. Uh, you mean personally? Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to branch out a bit. I've got a good friend of mine called Mike McCoy, and he plays live. He's a, an extremely good musician, plays guitar, right. but he's got a lovely voice. Uh, he's got, he, sound, he sings a bit like Nat King Cole, very, oh. very mellifluous. So he plays in a restaurant on Saturdays, and I'm gonna get, I used to play with him a long time ago. 
on the guitar and sax. I'm going to get get back together with that with him doing that. I'm going to play jazz standards. You know, if I had you, yeah, uh, songs like that. You know, I play all the sax. I, I can play the bass as well. A bit of everything. I'd like to do that again to to get back into. As I say, it's the old characters. I'm one of these people who needs a characteristic. Basically. Right. Okay. Like it's so I need to be able to work towards something. So I've got to tell myself right. I've got to learn five songs. I could need to play them to be able to improvise over them. Right. With a certain amount of you know fluidity. It doesn't yeah. have to be. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Charlie Parker, but you know something nice because it's a restaurant basically. So it's a bit like backing music. You know nothing too raucous. You know, yeah. Because people will be having their dinners, but something you know which is good. You know it's good quality. So, so what do you prefer? Do you prefer to be something small like that, or do you prefer to be? I like both. Big... I like both. Yeah. So it's you like different. the difference yes, between yes, the yes. two? Yeah, it's nice. But that one is very intimate, you know, and the other yeah. one is kind of in front of an audience on a stage. These two big bands, it's just a privilege to be there because you're listening to top-class musicians, good drummer, good bassist. It's like clockwork. And it's, it's just a privilege to listen to people playing at the top of their arm. And, and for you to be part of it. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm there like sitting that, as yeah. if you know, I'm just listening to this wonderful music. Yeah. And then I can, I can take part in it, you know. And I yeah. might do a little solo here and there, but I mean, nothing. I would never dare to do a long solo, you know. <laughs> I did a solo on, on Sunday. We had a concert. I had one solo. Mm-hmm. And it went okay. I was a bit nervous about it, but uh, it was okay. So what about your family? I mean, are they sort of, oh, God, you know, you're off again this Saturday night? No, my niece is very supportive. She comes along. I don't have that many concerts, really, you know. So right. And I have my sort of uh, schedule of rehearsals during the week, you know, so everyone meets. So that's sort of your boys' night out, then a rehearsal. Yeah, well, actually, it's up. just the music. We don't have beers after, no. It's just, it's quite prosaic. It's just rehearse and come home. All know? right. Okay. I would like that to be a bit more... Uh, bit more kind of uh, but you know what was what's going on at the moment yeah, we don't absolutely. do it. after last saturday's concert i think some of them went to have uh, a meal they were invited by the town hall but as we wanted to play it safe we didn't go but you know normal in a normal state of uh, affairs we would go afterwards and have a meal nice yeah. meal and a few drinks we have done that but yeah. at the moment no but that's what's a nice thing about it the social interaction as well you know? so if somebody gave you what would be your sort of ideal venue and situation to play what what would you pick as your yeah that's really going to float my boat <laughs> right well as i say i mean the, the big band uh, playing in a good venue with good amplification and uh, good good monitors so you can everyone can hear each other that makes a huge difference you know times I played without proper amplification and everything's very muddy you can't hear the bass player you can't very well it's not good that no just uh, those kind of uh, the kind of gigs I played last weekend uh, those are my ideal places I wouldn't like anything much too big really I, I get very nervous then I think but I think you know so maybe a max 100 people there with a nice good good acoustics that's fine with me yeah. you know? So what advice would you give to somebody, sort of a young person who maybe is thinking, yeah, you know, I quite fancy picking up some kind of instrument. Yeah. What would be the best way? Do they go and talk to someone in a music shop? Do they talk to a mu- you know, couple of music teachers? Well, if they know anyone who plays, it's a good thing if you have a friend, a friend or a friend of a friend who plays a, an instrument, I'd go along and talk to them and just say, look, just, tune, just, talk me a little, just tell me a bit about the, the, if it's a guitar, can I have a go on it? Can you explain a little bit about mm-hmm. it? Uh, if they have a kind of music they like, so a lot of people really love rock music, it's mm-hmm. obviously guitar or drums, you know, or bass, you know, yeah. so it's just a question of going to work what really interests you, you know, not, not to do something out of commitment, out of um, a sense of obligation, you know, because it's clearly a hobby, then you might as well do something you really want to do. So what music do you really like? Mm-hmm. And in that music, what kind of instruments do you really like listening to? And then you can have a go, go at that. There. So you play the saxophone? Yeah. 
and and the guitar and so, the bass and the bass as well electric bass so electric bass mm. wow so but in the big band you're only playing the saxophone I, I play the baritone sax yeah right you yeah. don't want to transition or do a bit of the bass guitar as well well I mean as I say with my friend Mike we'll probably do a bit of bass when in the in the small in a restaurant I can accompany him on the bass. I, I haven't told you, I, I also play in another rock band. I haven't, haven't in a rock you. band as well? Oh, yeah, right, let's, uh, right, let's talk about the rock band. Yeah, then. It's, got, it's got a weird name, it's called Dizzy Canvas. It's in, a, it's in a state of flux at the moment because the last times they rehearsed, I said I, can't, I couldn't go along because I don't want to get COVID, basically. They rehearsed in the studio right. with no ventilation. I said, um, and they're kind of said, look, guys, it's, for me it's not safe. I've got to go away next week, so I don't want to get mm-hmm. COVID. So they've been rehearsing and I haven't. But... I think they're okay about it, really. Um, so we played a few gigs together. It's quite noisy. It's very noisy, basically. Very right. Nice. So who whose music are you channeling? It's their own. It's their own music. It's, oh, it's they're right. writing their own. That's right. Yes, yeah, their own music. Yeah, we don't. We done one cover, I think, of a David Bowie, Gene Genie. But, uh, normally, it's their own stuff. So the guitarist, the two guitarists, write it, or the singer. It's a nice. It's a good. We played a few gigs. We played in Portland Bar in, in Valencia. Oh, right, times. in the city. We get paid in beers, basically. So yeah. we well, that's not too shabby. That's not it? too bad. It's not a bad deal, really. <laughs> that's very rock and roll. It's rock and roll. That's right. Yes. <laughs> there are no groupies, obviously. Uh, no, and uh, it's fun. It's fun, you know. And uh, that's loud. That is pretty loud. So yeah. we've got the two big bands, yeah. and we've got the rock band as well. Yes. I mean, that's that's quite a lot going it's on. Quite a lot going it? on. Yeah. I, I, as I say, I haven't been rehearsing with these guys because of COVID. I think in the new year I will get back to it. Yeah. So what is that like, though? It must be. Very different playing to a hundred people you don't know, yeah. as opposed to maybe twenty people you do know. Yeah, there must yeah. be more pressure on the people you do know. Well, it's a laugh, really, because I mean we're not pre- we're not pros. We just do it for a laugh, you know. Right. And, uh, okay. And we have a joke, you know. And the music, as I say, is so loud. I can feel my trouser leg trembling because <laughs> I stand next to the the, the, the bass. You can um, feel the vibration. Feel the vibration. It's a, yeah. lot, it's a lot of power. You see why kids love. Because you just you do that. Energy you've got it. a lot of noise, volume coming out, so it's pure yeah. energy. So okay. it's a different kind of music. So before we finish though, is there anything I should have asked you about being a musician, playing the saxophone, playing the guitar? Is there anything I should have asked you? No, I, I, I think you've more or less covered everything. I think it's, uh, I was going to say, it, it's very rewarding, but it can be very frustrating as well, because you always want to get better, you know, making progress like anything. You always like, how can I get better? How can I... It's, it's a kind of niggling thing you have. But I think the point, important thing is just to enjoy the process as much yes. as possible. Enjoy the process. It's putting in the hours, but yeah. still enjoying it. You have to enjoy well. it. The moment you start not enjoying it, that's when you have to think, hmm, I'm not doing this right. Yeah, I have is to, this really what I want to Some things you have to grit your teeth a little bit. I'm not enjoying this a, a lot, but I will in five minutes kind of thing. Or if you think, oh, I'm really not in the mood, do something else, put a song on, play a backing track, play a song. And then you get back into it. Yeah. You have to find ways of, of coercing yourself or encouraging, motivating yourself to do it. It's like anything. You like anything. Yeah, You've absolutely. got to find ways, ways of motivating yourself. As I say, the best way is to play with other people. That's the best way. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just say, our music has brought me so much in my life. It's such a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to play music and meet people. I've met so many people through music. I've made lots of good friends. You know, so it's a good thing to do, really. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a brilliant way to win the podcast. So, Tom, oh. thank you so much for taking us on the journey of being a musician. <laughs> right. Well, and thanks very much. Well, thank you. It's been very enjoyable. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you.
I hope you have enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget, if you have a story you would like to tell, please get in touch. My email address is allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and thank you for listening.